Good morning, everybody. Welcome back to the program. This week, Scott Caldwell with you once again, continuing our conversation with Howard Halderman, talking about agriculture and land values and uh, things with that. And Howard, one of the things that I've noticed recently, I noticed it more recently, but it's been going on for a while, is concerns about foreign ownership of farmland. And I know that Ohio has passed a law and others in there restricting who can own farmland. What's been your experience? I mean, you talk about some of the management stuff that your company does. Have you been involved with that area of foreign ownership? It's a great question. Uh, Foreign ownership, as USDA, United States Department of Agriculture, tracks it, foreign ownership is around 3% today. Uh, And so that would include anybody that's non-foreign to the United States, uh, regardless of where they're from. So it's it's really a very small percentage overall. Uh, a majority of that three percent is Canadian owned. Really? So, and and that three percent includes timber as well as cropland. So, when you start to take out, uh, you know, timber is sixty percent of that number. It's really only forty percent of the three, or one point two, or four percent of the total, is cropland. It, it is a pretty small number overall, and the majority ownership is is who you might suspect: Canadian, Western European, and some South American. I think the big concern here more recently is ownership by countries that we don't get along with right. so well, yep. or we have some concerns about their ulterior motives. <laughs> and yep. so you have the transaction up in North Dakota where the Chinese came in and, and bought 160 acres in close proximity to one of our military installations. And I think those are the things, when I talked to, and I talked to my local congressman just last week, mm-hmm. uh, Rudy Yakim, and from con- the congressional level, mm-hmm. what he was conveying is their concern is they, they don't want, in, in Washington, D.C., they don't want to have any foreign ownership of land close to any of our military installations, mm-hmm. which I completely appreciate. So we see today uh, there's this movement a little bit mm-hmm. to maybe ban foreign ownership uh, of farmland in a variety of states. Honestly, Scott, there have been a number of states that have restricted foreign ownership for, for years. Uh, many of them are in through the mid part of the country. Um, Minnesota, the Dakotas, Iowa, Missouri, Kansas are some of the states where they've restricted foreign ownership. Um, and that's really gone on since the 1970s. Uh, so now you've had other states like Ohio. Mm-hmm. Indiana has a foreign ownership restriction. Uh, and it really... In my opinion, mm-hmm. uh, I have sold farms to people from Argentina. I have sold farms from uh, to people and managed farms to people from Germany and from Denmark and mm-hmm. from the UK. I own, don't have any problem with any buyers from those locations coming in and being part of what I would call the capital stack of agriculture, mm-hmm. the capital ownership of agriculture. Because what they do in our case is those clients are coming in, they're buying the land, they're leasing it to a U.S.-based farmer. They're buying their inputs from local retailers down the road in Connersville right. uh, or Richmond. They're selling their grain to local end users or ADM or Cargill. Um, so what I, my experience has been, yes, there's been foreign ownership of ag land here in Indiana or the adjoining states. But it's all been done just no different than any other investor, whether they be from New York or Indianapolis. Mm -hmm. Um, So I would like to see that continue, Mm -hmm. but I also appreciate the desire, and as I heard from Congressman Yakum last week, uh, we really, there are some places we don't want to have ownership here. Absolutely. And so if I were to craft foreign ownership restrictions, Mm -hmm. I would make it maybe 
maybe we allow those that are in members of NATO. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe we allow those that we have trade agreements with. Maybe we allow those countries and we get a little more specific about mm-hmm. which countries we allow or don't allow. Right. And I think that's better practice than just carte blanche. We're not going to allow anybody right. from a foreign country to own farmland. Yeah, I know with the, the Ohio uh, law that's in place now, it's they restrict it based on basically friendliness to the U.S. And so there's a list of non-friendlies. Mm-hmm. They're not allowed to own uh, because of those security concerns. But I think a lot of that maybe, and, and you could talk on this briefly, I think a lot of this comes from it's the security concerns, but it's also you know the old adage of dog bites man, not a news story. Man bites dog. It's unusual. That's a news story. So we've got these little things that are happening. It's huge, and everybody goes, oh, my goodness. And in some ways, we're almost not, and not in a bad way, but we're starting to overreact, but we're getting more awareness, and we need to make sure that people understand who really does own it? That the fact that there's only three percent in the U.S. That there's a lot of that that's timberland, but it's also Canada owning a lot of that. Would you say that that's kind of a we got to make sure we got the right perspective on the ownership? There is, and I was doing a seminar just uh, gosh ten days ago, and the I had a lady in the audience say, "Oh no, it's twenty I asked the question, "What percent of U.S. farmland is foreign owned?" Mm-hmm. And this lady in the audience said, oh, "Well, I think it's twenty five percent," and uh, I had some other answers, and I said, well, it's actually three. And she said, no. And, and <laughs> I saw her get on her phone and Google it, and yeah. sure enough, she found the USDA report, because she never said another word about it. So I assume she found the USDA report that shows that it is mm-hmm. 3%. I think there is an educational component to this, yeah. and uh, that the common citizen should understand mm-hmm. what is that actual percentage, what is it, and who makes up the various countries that are that are owning that land. Um, and I, I like Ohio's approach to it. I, I think that's an appropriate way to do it right. um, because those that aren't friendly with us, why allow them right. to own any of our assets, farmland or any other kinds? Right. So, awesome. Well, we're going to take a quick break from a word from our sponsor. When we get back, we'll continue talking about land ownership. Are you receiving the correct cash rent? Is there improvements that could be made to increase your return from your farmland investment? Take advantage of the current strong ag economy and let us help you evaluate your farming operation and maximize your investments. At Halderman Real Estate and Farm Management, we bring over 90 years of experience and knowledge to the table. We listen and can understand your farming goals. We offer advice, recommendations, solutions, and create a plan on how we can help you meet your needs and goals. Take advantage of the current strong ag economy. Contact Chris or Lauren Peacock or Craig Springmeyer and let us help you evaluate your farming operation and maximize your investment. Experience, knowledge, and professionalism. Contact Halderman today at Halderman.com. Good morning, everybody. Welcome back to the program. This week, Scott Caldwell with you once again, continuing our conversation with Howard Halderman, talking about agriculture and land values and things with that. And Howard, one of the things that I've noticed recently, not I noticed it more recently, but it's been going on for a while, is concerns about foreign ownership of farmland. And I know that Ohio has passed a law and others in there restricting who can own farmland. What's been your experience? I mean, you talk about some of the management stuff that your company does. Have you been involved with that area of foreign ownership? 
It's a great question. Uh, foreign ownership, as USDA, United States Department of Agriculture, tracks it, foreign ownership is around 3% today. Uh, and so that would include anybody that's non-foreign to the United States, uh, regardless of where they're from. So it's, it's really it's a very small percentage overall. Uh, a majority of that 3% is Canadian-owned. Really? So, and, and that 3% includes timber as well as cropland. So when you start to take out, you know, timber is 60% of that number, it's really only 40% of the three or 1.2 or 4% of the total is cropland. It, it is a pretty small number overall. And the majority ownership is, is who you might suspect, Canadian, Western European, and some South American. I think the big concern here more recently is ownership by countries that we don't get along with right. so well, yep. or we have some concerns about their ulterior motives. <laughs> and yep. so you have the transaction up in North Dakota where the Chinese came in and, and bought 160 acres in close proximity to one of our military installations. And I think those are the things, when I talked to, and I talked to my local congressman just last week, mm -hmm. uh, Rudy Yakim, and from con the congressional level, mm -hmm. what he was conveying is their concern is they, they don't want, in, in Washington, D.C., they don't want to have any foreign ownership of land close to any of our military installations, mm -hmm. which I completely appreciate. So we see today uh, there's this movement a little bit mm -hmm. to maybe ban foreign ownership uh, of farmland in a variety of states. Honestly, Scott, there have been a number of states that have restricted foreign ownership for, for years. Uh, many of them are in through the mid part of the country. Um, Minnesota, Dakotas, Iowa, Missouri, Kansas are some of the states where they've restricted foreign ownership. Um, and that's really gone on since the 1970s. Uh, so now you've had other states like Ohio. Mm -hmm. Indiana has a foreign ownership restriction. Uh, and it really... In my opinion, mm -hmm. uh, I have sold farms to people from Argentina. I have sold farms from uh, to people and managed farms to people from Germany and from Denmark and mm -hmm. from the UK. I own, don't have any problem with any buyers from those locations coming in and being part of what I would call the capital stack of agriculture, mm -hmm. the capital ownership of agriculture. Because what they do in our case is those clients are coming in, they're buying the land, they're leasing it to a U.S.-based farmer. They're buying their inputs from local retailers down the road in Connorsville right. uh, or Richmond. They're selling their grain to local end users or ADM or Cargill. Um, so what I, my experience has been, yes, there's been foreign ownership of ag land here in Indiana or the adjoining states. But it's all been done just no different than any other investor, whether they be from New York or Indianapolis. Mm -hmm. um, so I would like to see that continue, mm -hmm. but I also appreciate the desire, and as I heard from Congress, Congressman Yakum last week, uh, we really, there are some places we don't want to have ownership here. Absolutely. And so if I were to craft foreign ownership restrictions, mm -hmm. I would make it maybe, maybe we allow those that are in members of NATO. Mm -hmm. uh, maybe we allow those that we have trade agreements with. Maybe we allow those countries and we get a little more specific about mm -hmm. which countries we allow or don't allow. Right. And I think that's better practice than just carte blanche. We're not going to allow anybody right. from a foreign country to own farmland. Yeah, I know with the, the Ohio uh, law that's in place now, it's they restrict it based on basically friendliness to the U.S. And so there's a list of non-friendlies. Mm -hmm. They're not allowed to own 
um, because of those security concerns. But I think a lot of that maybe, and, and you could talk on this briefly, I think a lot of this comes from, it's the security concerns, but it's also you know the old adage of dog bites man, not a news story. Man bites dog, it's unusual, that's a news story. So we've got these little things that are happening. It's huge and everybody goes, oh my goodness. And in some ways, we're almost not, and not in a bad way, but we're starting to overreact, but we're getting more awareness and we need to make sure that people understand who really does own it. That the fact that there's only 3% in the US, that there's a lot of that that's timberland, but it's also Canada owning a lot of that. Would you say that that's kind of a, we got to make sure we've got the right perspective on the ownership? There is. And I was doing a seminar just, uh, gosh, 10 days ago. And the, I had a lady in the audience say, oh, no, it's 20. I asked the question, what percent of U.S. farmland is foreign owned? Mm -hmm. And this lady in the audience said, oh, well, I think it's 25 percent. And uh, I had some other answers. And I said, well, it's actually three. And she said, no. And, and <laughs> I saw her get on her phone and Google it. And yeah. sure enough, she found the USDA report because she never said another word about it. So I assume she found the USDA report that shows that it is 3%. I think there is an educational component to this. Yeah. And uh, that the common citizen should understand mm -hmm. what is that actual percentage, what is it, and who makes up the various countries that are, that are owning that land. Um, and I, I like Ohio's approach to it. I, I think that's an appropriate way to do it. Right. Um, because those that aren't friendly with us, why allow them right. to own any of our assets, farmland or any other kinds? Right. So, awesome. Well, we're going to take a quick break from a word from our sponsor. When we get back, we'll continue talking about land ownership.